BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. doing that I was face to face with it it was holding me by my throat and it felt like it was sucking something out of me I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism I turned and looked on my right side when I did there's there's a beam on the side of the tree a large beam it's looking at me and I'm looking at it after I hit the lock button and looked back up I saw Red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Very well, very well. Ron, you uh, you reached out to me through social media uh, a short time ago, mm-hmm. and I have to say, um, you got a lot of a lot of odd experiences. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've had a pretty uh, 
strange life and uh, a lot of the times I think I'm crazy for believing this stuff but as time goes on uh, new things start unraveling and uh, you know adds more truth or mystery to the story (laughs) yeah you know you know sometimes when you have somebody who has an exorbitant amount of experiences in very different um, categories of high strangeness throughout their life and you and you try to encapsulate that in, in a in an hour show uh, even though they come off being very genuine it can be and I know this from personal experience because of the experiences I've had in my life um, you you can at one point kind of stop yourself and say oh shit when when you come out and say this all at once, <laughs> you, you I sound crazy. Hearing yourself talk, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it's and I've been very kind of concerned about that at times because I've had stuff start. You know, I'm 56 years old, and I've had stuff starting. You know, back as as early as five and six years old. So it's not been something that is a constant thing in my life but mm-hmm. throughout the years i have had i have amassed a number of really unusual shit that kind of when you when you sit down and you're forced to talk about it all at once kind of makes you roll your eyes at yourself yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah it's definitely uh one of those kind of things and um uh to to i guess for me, I was like, if, um, I'd be crazy if I, if I didn't believe this was real. Like if I just go on and say, Oh, that was just my imagination and just go on living my life. then to me, I'm a crazy person because I just gave up on, um, reality, no matter how strange it is. That's a good point that you make, uh, closing your eyes to experiences that are happening around you or to you. I think it's something that a lot of us do, and I think that that is how we have closed ourselves off from these unusual experiences in life. I think we, a lot of us are either trained throughout their youth, um, you know, by their parents telling them, oh, that's silly, that doesn't happen, it's not real, monsters don't exist, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, you end up conditioning yourself into believing that they don't. And then when something odd happens, you immediately have to jump to something that is the most logical explanation rather than than the real explanation mm -hmm. or potentially the real. And, uh, you know, going into uh, my one experience, uh, it was kind of um, it was like that initially at first. um, I didn't automatically assume that this is paranormal. Uh, I assume there's got to be a logical explanation for this because this isn't a dream this is me waking up like normal and doing stuff like that um so um and what was that experience uh it was when i got uh visited by a uh gray and reptilian and uh they essentially offered me a uh, deal with the devil really (laughs) yeah Um, I guess, you know, you've heard this uh, thing about the Faustian, I guess, deal, uh, sell your soul, and mm-hmm. uh, you can obtain wealth and power and stuff like that. And I was uh, put in, given that opportunity, essentially. 
At what age? Uh, 12 years old. Around that age, about around 12, because I remembered um, a few days afterwards is kind of when I hit puberty. You know, just, and that goes into the whole, uh, you know, I don't know how much you know about uh, the whole child sacrifice thing, Moloch, the Canaanites and stuff. Enough. I mean, it's, it's not something I'd, I'd dwell on, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that it's been throughout history. It's been it's more, prevalent, like, more, more prevalent than any of us wish it was. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it all kind of, uh, kind of links into that kind of stuff. But I guess uh, instead of jumping uh, into that right now, is it, uh, bring up my first ever uh, conscious experience like it was the moment and this i realized mm -hmm. this is with the reptilian and the gray oh no this is actually when i was four years old oh okay all right well yeah let's start with the beginning um so i uh i I, my first ever like i don't know if you ever had remembered your first like conscious awareness like you're you're a sentient being and you're you can look around and see things and and understand Mm -hmm. um that was kind of my first, my, my first ever realization of that. I was looking up and I'm in this like colorful tunnel and I'm looking up at this, uh, lady and I, I can't, you know, really, it's more of a, her silhouette of color and everything like that. And, and it's kind of like, I'm looking up at this hole and behind it is, you know, blue cloud. It looks, you know, just like earth and everything like that. And, um, in a way and uh she's holding my hand and uh she she says something like i'll see you soon or you know she says something in 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 a way where it's like this ain't gonna take so long this ain't gonna take long like you'll be back soon i'll see you soon type um Mm -hmm. phrase and then she lets go or i let go and i start falling down this uh tunnel and i don't know if you've seen that movie contact Mm -hmm. um where she's going through that tunnel and it's all streaming colors going by her really fast. So it's kind of a blur. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going down and I was going down it, uh, vertically, uh, going down. So it was like, I was in like a, one of those vertical water slides, mm-hmm. really, uh, steep and, um, everything around. And, uh, as I'm falling, I'm trying to hold on to my memory of who, who I was, what I, what that, where I came from. And, and uh, people I cared about and I was trying to uh, hold on to the memories of them. But as I'm falling, the memories are getting stripped from me. Like I'm ho- like uh, holding on to a thought and it just, the fades, <laughs> you know, sometimes, Oh, what's that word? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> type feeling. And, um, so, uh, and then I'm falling, I'm, I'm realizing my memories are getting stripped. And then I, I open my eyes and I'm a four-year-old uh, Filipino boy sitting, laying down on the couch looking up at the ceiling. And I sit up, and I, and I look right, and it's my older brother, my cousin, and they're standing there. And I go, hey, you're my brother. And I point to my cousin, you're my cousin. And they're like, what are you talking about? Duh. Get off the couch. Because I guess we were taking turns uh, jumping over this couch, a red and white couch. And we were taking turns jumping over it, and I guess I had – I don't know. I was on there for a little while because I think my brother did check my head and he's like, Oh, I almost had a heart attack. And I'm like, what's a heart attack. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> why was he checking your head for a heart attack? <laughs> oh no. He was, he was saying he almost had a heart attack. Cause oh, oh okay. I got you. <laughs> maybe thinking I had hurt myself. Um, but I was fine. And, um, so I don't know if I had knocked myself out 
or, or out had you know knocked my spirit out of my body or something like that or if that was uh me incarnating into uh someone's body i don't know okay let let me clarify or let me have mm-hmm. you clarify are you in fact filipino i'm half filipino okay so you you didn't awake as someone else you were awaking as yourself there i, I wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't quite clear if you were you know you, you came to consciousness and you you were in somebody else's body okay i don't yeah, want to make this was... any, any more strange than it is but <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't yeah. real clear on on it's it's almost like i was somebody else before i became who i was if that like a kind of like a reincarnation i guess or so, incarnation so that that process of of seeing the the silhouette and falling down the tunnel was almost mm-hmm. as if you were experiencing your soul or a soul being redeposited into a body. in your body, mm-hmm. like, which, uh, which is interesting in itself. But you know, mm-hmm. at four years old, you'd obviously already spent four years of life on this earth. Yeah, and, I mean, did you feel any different than you had prior? Oh no, it was it was like um, it was just I woke up and I immediately knew. That's the thing. It's like my first memory was me falling down this tunnel and trying to hold on to memories, whatever I came from. Mm-hmm. And then when I wake up, I immediately like knew I'm this, I knew who my brother was and who my cousin was. It's like almost like maybe I jumped in and shared a body with someone else. And we kind of unified consciousness or something. I don't know. It's, I, I don't, I don't even really understand it, but I bring that up because it kind of, goes into maybe why towards the end why they kind of mess with me so So you think that the recycling of a soul there is a process where those memories are are stripped from the previous lifetime Mm -hmm. or um or maybe i don't want to say it sounds cheesy but or maybe whatever soul like i don't know if you ever heard of the star seed thing Mm mm-hmm uh, maybe that's what this whole thing is because um, it goes into this stuff later on. But um, maybe I was some other entity, and they decided to uh, uh, decided to come down to Earth for whatever reason. And uh, it goes into uh, the story next because they do uh, mention the M word. They called me an M word, and I've kind of. It kind of sounds like the Hebrew word for angel. And what word I is guess, that? Uh, Malek or something like that. Okay. Ma- and uh, I can't really remember because it's kind of like a uh, re- it's kind of like a returning memory because it's a. Uh, I was so afraid and in the moment that you can't really pick up things. You know, uh, it's kind of like when someone's trying to tell you something, but you're you're stressed out. <laughs> you can't. Okay. Yeah. Um, you hear the words, you're not really putting it in. Um, so, uh, but look, it's kind of coming back now. Cause I think they were kind of like, Hey, we know who you are, you know, blah, 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 you, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, getting into that now. So, uh, when I was 12 years old, Oh, Oh, um, uh, I guess I'll get into afterwards, uh, my dad and stuff. But, um, so when I was, uh, 12, 12 years old, um, I woke up 
and in the middle of the night and everything in my room was a bright green light like a bright neon green light like so bright it looked like there was a spotlight outside the window shining into the bedroom but uh being being a young teenager i I didn't it even though it was weird waking up to something like that it didn't jar my interest enough i I figured it's just some construction work i don't know something's there's a reason for it so i try to go back to sleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) and as i'm closing my eyes trying to go back to sleep the light starts pulsing so now it's a strobe fact i can't even just black blank that out you know and it's like so now i'm getting upset i'm like what you know people are trying to sleep what's going on you know it's late at night and and, uh tell the story i'm on the top bunk bed and my uh, older brother is in the bunk bed below me and my younger brother is in in his own bed across the room by the window where all the lights coming from so uh i get out i get down from the bed and i'm looking at them like hey guys you know wake up or whatever uh you see what's going on the light's still Mm -hmm. filling the room oh yeah yeah the 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 whole time there's this green light in the back like the uh, green light is is illuminating everything in the room does it look like it's and, coming from an outside source, like through the window, or is it? Oh yeah, it looks like it's coming through the window. Okay. And um, so, uh, um, oh, the, my, so my brothers—they—they kind of look like they're—I could tell they're alive. Like they don't look like dead bodies, but they look frozen. Like they're almost like frozen in time, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm like, okay, now I'm like, this is strange. I'm like, okay, what's going on, like? This is weird. So I go to the window, and I go to uh, pull down the blind to see what see what's out there. What's what this is all about? And um, as soon as I touch the blinds, I get a jump scare in my mind, like those little jump scare videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in my mind, it's a, uh, a little gray alien uh, with a bulbous head and everything like that, and it's staring at me uh, through the window, the other side of the window. And um, I could tell in, because this is in your mind, though, correct? In my mind, it's yeah. Actually, you're not visually seeing it. Not visually seeing it, but I could tell it was on the porch because behind it, I could see my uh, porch railings and, and posts and stuff like that in mm-hmm. the vision. So now I, I lock up like a goat, and I li- I fall back like I get so you get so scared you just freeze. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I fall on my butt. Now I'm like, what's now? I'm like, okay something is definitely going on now and I do not love this. So, um, I get up and, uh, they say the, uh, run, uh, fight or flight. Um, I froze. I couldn't do anything. I was, I was petrified, just shaking, uh, in fear and stuff. And, um, so then I start getting, uh, voices in my head and I'm, and, uh, at first I'm thinking of talking to myself like this isn't that inner voice in your head talking to yourself, but then it becomes very distinct, like something's communicating with me. And um, that's when it's kind of saying that M thing, like you're, you're, hey, you're chosen. Uh, don't worry, calm down. You're a, you're a chosen one. Uh, um, we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna guide you in life. We're gonna, we're gonna uh, make ensure you become uh, rich and powerful and everything like that. Um, you're lucky. So now I'm, even though I was like petrified in a moment, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, wow. Like this, like I'm, I'm like the chosen one. (laughs) You're going to give me money and power. I'm like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Now I'm kind of excited. And I'm like, let's go. 
again, you're 12 years old at this point? 12 years old, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go. I, I, I uh, Show me what I need to do. Let's go, let's do this. And I'm, I'm basically walking out the door. <laughs> I didn't touch the door yet, but I'm like right there by my bunk bed, like where the door is. You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm so excited. I'm happy at this point. But then they said, hey, 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 hold up, hold up. Um, you got to make a decision. And that's when the room stretched out and, you know, like you're tripping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, with everything, all the communication was telepathic. And uh, with telepathic communication, just like in real life, sometimes things don't need to be said. Like there, it is a lot of words, but then a lot of times it's like feelings, emotions, un- understandings. Um, kind of like how maybe animals can, it's just a, a, a vibe. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's an extra sensory uh, mm-hmm. when you, when you're contacting a, and also, when you're uh, communicating telepathically, there's no filter, so you can't hide your own thoughts. You can't have your own thoughts because that's uh, that's what I tried to do. I was like, how can, I'm trying to think, like, how can I scheme my way out of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, no, you can't. It's everything has to. You have to speak from the heart. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for a second. I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask you a question, and this is not a judgment. Oh um, no, no, yeah. <clears throat> You you mentioned uh, the rim started to stretch out, like when you're tripping. Mm-hmm. So I I have to assume that you you partake in in mind altering. Oh yeah, yeah, but not at the uh, not at that time. So at, at 12 years old, you weren't experimenting with. It, oh you know? no. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, in today's age, that's that's not oh, understandable. So mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to clarify. Oh yeah, and, and it um, it only happened for like a moment. Like in the, in, it was visual. It wasn't uh, a mental thing. It it kind of like you like you were tripping. Um, but um, so it's it, I got where they were going with that whole thing. You know, choose a brother type situation, and that goes with uh, you know the Moloch child sacrifice stuff and how uh, um, they say the elites they worship Moloch and there's all these Moloch statues and things like that and. Uh, mm-hmm. So my older brother is that di- he's stage one diabetic or whatever type one diabetic. And, um, so they dove on that thought because it happened, it popped in my head, you know, um, they dove on it. They're like showing me, uh, I kept saying this word, uh, movie wrong, but, uh, stooge where he's kind of like showing, they're showing him his life. Mm-hmm. It was like that. They're showing me, uh, visions, I'm rich and powerful. I'm showing up at parties and your trench coat and everything. I'm uh, handing out presents, but they kind of make it like uh, obvious. My older brother's not there. I think it was kind of like a thing like, Oh, so they're, they're, they're encouraging to make a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To take, to let your, your diabetic brother, who's the older brother, be Mm -hmm. the sacrifice for you to gain your power and, and wealth. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's also the firstborn child, and that goes into the whole uh, Moloch theme. So um, I snap out of the vision, and I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't care how much I'm going to be offered. Like, my family is. I'm huge in my family. I love uh, my people. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, "No, I don't care how whatever you're going to offer me, and this and that. Um, uh, I'm not going to do it." just know it's i made that decision inside my heart that's not a mental thought that was like in my heart i was like never that's who i am that's my being that's my essence who i am 
Um, and they're like, now they're kind of like, Hey, what are you doing this for? Come on. You know, what, what's your reasoning? And I said, um, because God wouldn't want this because in my mind, in that moment, I was like, there's gotta be a God of good. Like this can't be the way the universe operates. Like this is twisted, you know? (laughs) So in that moment I was like, I had to believe in a benevolent superior power. And, um, they said, Oh, who's God? Like what, what, why isn't God doing anything right now here for you? Um, where is God? Why, you know, what is God? And they, and then they end it with maybe we're God. And, um, so I can see playing devil's advocate. I can see people who went through that. If this is how this experience goes down, right? They say the crossroads. I don't think they mean a physical crossroad. I think they mean this, this whatever this green light thing that they did like kind of like the green screen of the matrix mm-hmm. i guess you could say <laughs> okay mm-hmm. and so uh it's a you're not talking about a physical crossroads where two roads actually meet you are no. talking about a um a, a, metaf- men- a, a metaphysical yeah. crossroad dimension I mean. thing that opens up and you it's like your heart chakra i don't know if you know about the chakras and stuff mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like your core, like your your being, this is where the decisions, you know, um pure pure this is who you are. And um So essentially um, you're you're faced with making a choice, a life path. A life path. Yeah, and that's what I feel like when they say crossroads, I feel like this is what they mean. When they say, Oh, I I met made a deal with the devil at the crossroads. Um but um so um in that moment, I took a leap of faith, and I can see how people in my position they would uh, they would be like, "Wow, there's no God. You're you're right. Like there is no God. You're you're the true masters of the universe." And I guess this is just the way things go. And they end up taking the selling their soul and making the deal. And I can see that being very plausible. But what I did is like I felt like I was literally standing on the edge of a cliff, <laughs> and I just took that leap of faith and said. In in my heart, I'm like, there's got to be a God of benevolence, and he's going to protect me. This is all going to happen. It's got to be true, like I'm telling you. And um, so I made that decision in my heart, and I said, you're not God. God is good, and he's more powerful than you. Like I yelled at and everything at them. And uh, now this is when they're getting mean because at first they're all charming. They're kind of talking to me, and now they're like, ah, oh, you stupid kid. And they're bringing up all the, you know sins and things I've done, you know, growing up, like weird things and just trying to flood it in my brain and abuse me like that, you know, make me think I'm worthless, like trauma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm kind of stumbling around the room and I kind of, as I'm kind of going towards the closet, which is, uh, at the opposite end of the door. And, uh, when I'm kind of near there, I kind of get this vision in my head of a galaxy, um, like, or like a spin, like a Milky Way looking thing. And it's spinning uh, one way, and it's like orange-red color. And then it kind of slows down, stops, and then it starts spinning the other way. And it turns into a a uh, purple-dark-blue kind of color. And uh, it was the weirdest thing because even though there's no facial expressions, there's none of that kind of stuff, It's I felt the emotion of a smile. (laughs) That is like... Coming from the swirling galaxy? Yeah, coming from the swirling galaxy thing, an emotion of a smile. It's it's in DMT ayahuasca. 
or something. An emotion of a smile that doesn't make much sense unless you kind of experience something like that. And um, so I kind of had that moment. I'm like, oh, uh, I'm I'm protected. Like this is that's this is like now I've got like God's protection or something like that. So to try to cope with what's going on to try to keep my sanity, even though I'm doing all this stuff and I'm taking this leap of faith, I still can't deny that my physical eyes are seeing this different reality and I'm experiencing this whole thing. So to cope and make my, make it work, I'm like, I'm just going to go back to sleep. Like this is obviously just a bad dream and I just need to lay back down in bed, close my eyes and everything will go back to normal. So, you know, there's still these thoughts, you know, they're still berating me. Um, and I get back into bed. I'm just trying to do my best to ignore it. And uh, I get back in bed and lay down, you know, and curl up in a ball, of course. And I, <laughs> I uh, close my eyes and I'm like, I'm not going to open my eyes for anything. I'm just going to go back to sleep and everything's going to be normal. And uh, as I'm doing that, I get that sixth sense feeling like, you know, something's, something's around, like something's in there. your space. It's a, that weird vibe. And even though I didn't want to open my eyes anymore, I was like, I just, it was like, I had to see because it's that you know something behind me or you know it's all I almost had to instinctually needed to turn around and see. So at that point, you knew something was in the room with you. Yeah, and uh, so uh, when I turned around, I, well, it kind of came into the room as I turned around. So as I turned around, I see it like phase through the door, like it didn't open the door, like kind of like a hologram, I guess. <laughs> and it and it's a reptilian humanoid. And it comes in and it turns left, like a quarter turn left, and is facing me from the foot of my bunk bed. And it, when it turns, it turns very robotic, like a soldier, just like, you know. Yeah. And um, it's staring at me. And to give it a more description, it doesn't look like uh, like a, a, a gecko. I mean, it doesn't look like a iguana. Like the when you think reptilian, you kind of think that long face. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lizard, but it was more of like a, a, a like a, if a salamander was a humanoid, it would like the reptilian looked more salamander-like, amphibian-like than mm-hmm. uh, reptilian lizard cult, you know, like that type. It had a round head. Everything was kind of s- smooth. It did have scales and stuff, but it was like a round head, big eye, and then its uh, teeth were small and uh, pointy. And it's, it had no, no, you know, the little flat part right there, but it had the two nostrils. And its teeth were, uh, like our teeth, compacted, except they were serrated and pointy. Because I, I know this because it smiled at me. And uh, to give the description, too, and its skin was uh, like a reddish, red, red-green kind of, like, blend. Could the um, green have been coming from the light that was in the room? Uh, no, it was actually like, um, it, they kind of have that list, you know, like the green, green, red blend, kind of like a salamander. I don't know, how to explain it. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like reptilian, like, like that, like a snake. Um, but, um, and what, what was its posture? So you're saying that the, even though it had reptilian features, mm-hmm. it's, it's overall body shape was that of a humanoid. Yeah. It was right. humanoid mm-hmm. tail. Tail, um, well, because fingers. I could only I could only see it uh, from my bunk bed. I really couldn't see its full body. I, it's okay. I kind of could see a little bit of the chest, but but not. I couldn't see uh, 
it, and that was going to bring that up. It looked holographic because I couldn't see it with my eyes, but my mind would, at the same time, my mind, I could see it in perfect detail. So it's almost like holographic technology. It was weird. But, so uh, what, what was its posture? How was uh, it, how was it behaving towards you? Straight up, just, just standing completely still staring at me. Not making any aggressive moves or no, not any, just, just almost like it's a robot. And it, but it, it was smiling. It had like a smirk, like where it only like smiled, like with half its face type thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just stood there and stared at me. And then it didn't, it didn't move other than the smirk. It was just like completely still like staring. at me. <laughs> okay. So what you're, what you're describing as far as the reptilians it pretty much falls in lines with what other contactees have had in extraterrestrials and mm-hmm. in your description of the gray was pretty spot on as far pretty, as pretty spot on. So, but yet we're talking about you making a choice on whether to sacrifice your, oh, your yeah. brother. <laughs> so are, are you, are you indicating that, that a deal with the devil that the extraterrestrials are a part of its world. Yeah. I, um, and, uh, I, I, I feel like, I don't think that the reptilian and the gray were making the, uh, deal with me. I think they were uh, like the, 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 the workers for another thing. Like, I don't know who that was or what it looks like or anything like that. Cause I didn't take the deal, but I'm assuming that if I had, they would have, led me to that to the next upper person maybe the one who was communicating me they would have brung me to that one so are you making the assumption that the person on the side on the on the back side of wanting you to make that deal was the devil or are you making or, the assumption that it is something to do with the uh, illuminati and the uh, the the elites of the world that everybody um, says are reptilian it, it's, uh, i kind of have because um it also, I don't know if you heard of Project Bluebeam, like the fake alien invasion. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been something like some sort of testing like that too. Because, uh, so after with this reptilian thing, right, I closed my eyes again. And this time I'm like, I don't, and, and people are like, you didn't jump out, freak out, and go act all crazy. And, and I was like, I've already reached my peak of fear. Like when you're so, so, so terrified to the point, if you you can't jitter and jump around and get spooked out no more. You've, you've reached your limit of terror that can be produced in a way. Okay. And, um, so I was like, what now? Whatever. I don't care anymore. I just want to go back to sleep. I want this to end. I just want it to be over. So I just, now I close my eyes and I'm like, I'm never open my eyes again. <laughs> no matter what I feel and stuff. But as I had my eyes closed that second time, I got visions of humans looking at monitors computer like computer monitors. yeah like computer computer monitors they're just like looking at i couldn't really see what was on there but it looked like they're like watch i don't know in a way maybe they're watching some humans were involved and they're watching the whole deal thing go down that was just a theory and getting into it um so i i and that kind of goes into my dad a little bit here in a second um so uh, I wake and, and it, when when I wake up, it's kind of like uh, night and day, just kind of like 
you, like, uh, the next, the scene changes, you know? <laughs> and so I, uh, I jump out of bed, I run into the kitchen and I'm like, Hey, last night I was visited by reptilians and they tried to make a deal with the devil thing with me. Right. And of course the normal thing to tell your kid is, Hey, that was just a dream. You know, you're just having this nightmare and right. stuff like that. Right. And I was, uh, of course that was very troubling for me. Cause I was like, I know I went through this experience and, um, everybody I care about is telling me I'm just a crazy person <laughs> except for my dad because a few days later uh, we went to go get pizza and in the parking lot he says hey uh, tell me everything about your experience uh, you know break it down to me and I, and I basically told you everything I, I, you know I you know I told him what I told you right. and he's like oh cool good and stuff and he's like you know I believe in aliens and stuff like that too and where this comes in uniqueness is my dad was a uh, uh, naval intelligence and um during his funeral he was presented two flags instead of the protocol of one flag per deceased veteran and what does that mean that uh it's during his funeral his his military funeral protocol was broken yeah, I, I realize that, but what what is the uh, what is the um, significance of the second flag? Um, uh, nobody knows, I, and and the person that uh, presented the flag was a Navy SEAL, and my dad wasn't a Navy SEAL. He was when he, yeah, my dad was not a Navy SEAL. Okay, and um, so the guy, uh, but um, so the. He, he presents the flag to my mom. My mom's freaking out, so I'm just kind of having my head down. I'm not really paying attention. But he gets up and turns around and goes picks up the other flag. How old, are you, at, how old are you at this point? Um, 32. Okay. So um, she goes uh, he goes and gets gets the other flag. And the, before the funeral, the funeral lady came up to us, and she was like, uh, hey, they're going to present another flag. Who's the flag going to go to? And we're like, that's weird, but uh, my younger sister, youngest sister. And um, so he turned around, went and got that flag. And then he walked over, and I'm on the second row, and my sister's to my left. And he, you know, says the words on behalf of the president of the United States and the Navy, you know, blah, 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 here's the flag. And he, you know, he's, and as he's saluting her, I look at his uh, medals and ribbons and stuff just because out of curiosity. Um, I looked to the left, and that's when I realized the eagle and the trident. Okay. And, and that's when I was like, whoa. It threw me back. I was like, this guy's a Navy SEAL? And then he walked out. But um, after the funeral, people were coming up to me. Uh, what was that about? I, I've been to a lot of military funerals, and there's always one flag. What's this two-flag thing? I was like, I had no idea. And, you know, it's something. Have you, have, you, have you done any research to see if that's something that happens? Oh, yeah, I've, I've done my research, and they said it's protocol that there's only one flag presented. That's there's that's how it is. There's no other the two flag thing. It doesn't exist. It's okay. so there is over 100 witnesses there because my dad was a pretty popular guy in the city. Uh Swim, uh, real, real good swim coach and everything like that has champ, you know, tons of championship swimmers, and uh, so there was over a hundred people there. So any of those people, if they tell someone, "Hey, yeah, Walt got two flags at his funeral," they're going to be like, "No, that's not true. I looked it up. That's they don't do that." <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but um, 
I, I you know, um, I, uh, it's, I actually have it highlighted on my Instagram page for anyone that wants to go see the two different flags. Uh, um, but uh, so back back um, to the conversation where your dad took you off to uh, have pizza and mm-hmm. was supportive of your experience and, oh yeah he and, was supportive of it and um uh and you, on his deathbed because when he got the cancer and stuff like that I was basically his caretaker mm-hmm. and he brought up his own personal paranormal story well, he's got a couple but as far as the aliens go so this is a few this would have been a few years before my experience and uh he said he woke up one night, um, heard a noise. So he uh, got up, went to go check the door, see what's making this noise. And he said when he got just about to the door, he noticed something in the corner room. And he turned and looked, and he said he saw a uh, gray alien standing in the corner of the room. And just like with my experience, it basically what you think a gray alien looks like is what they look like. <laughs> okay. And um, then he said he kind of just... Uh, woke up, kind of passed out and woke up. And he's like, wow, that's a weird dream. All right. So he go, he just gets up and goes into the kitchen. And I guess we're all in the kitchen and stuff already. And, and uh, my little brother's there. And he says, my dad says when he walks into the kitchen, my little brother was like a toddler, could barely speak. And um, he, uh, you know, maybe like around four or five years old or something like that. But he goes, uh, my dad goes in there and he goes, um, oh, uh, my little brother says, Hey dad, I was with you last night. And my, uh, dad's like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, where, where were we? And, uh, he said, my little brother points up at the ceiling and says there. And, uh, my dad, you know, was had his mind blown. Cause he's like, wow, I thought that was just a dream. And now I'm, I'm in the kitchen the next morning and my son's telling me we got taken to by aliens and up to a spaceship or something. So, hmm. um, that blew his mind. He uh, he said he just forgot about that experience because he didn't want my mom to think uh, he was crazy and leave him, <laughs> take all of us, you know. So he yeah. said he just blocked it out of his mind, you know, and just, wow, that's weird. I just don't want to think about it no more. So this is turning until, into a generational thing. You've yeah. got your father, yourself, mm-hmm. and your youngest brother mm-hmm. all having claimed that they experienced something extraterrestrial. Ex, uh, something with aliens and stuff. And my, my, I've, I've talked to my brother about it and he says, uh, uh he don't remember any of that, but he says, uh, he, he does remember when he was really, really young, having dreams of like being on like tables or chairs and then, uh, being under like operating lights, like they're shining these big lights on them and stuff. And that's, he said, that's all he remembers. Have you ever considered doing any kind of regressive therapy? Um, I have, yeah to to see it and uh um to maybe because that's the thing um during that experience i was so terrified that a lot of the details and things like that just kind of got washed away right so i'm like if i could go back there and have my understanding now maybe i could pick up more uh information i guess about it but um yeah so my dad uh that whole two flag thing you know he used to say when we were kids he's like hey uh you'll see at my funeral like when you know giving us a hard time ah you'll see at my funeral he used to always say something like that so what kind of pr- a prelude to there's going to be something special 
Yeah, something like maybe he knew they were going to do something special at his funeral. So your your belief is that he was involved to some extent with something other than just his normal naval duties. Yeah, and um, he was uh, he was pretty uh, like I've had a Green Beret Colonel because we do the pool stuff, and I guess a Green Beret Colonel just knew him from my dad was uh, working at this pool and knew. Uh, knew my dad from the Vietnam days. And so we're cleaning his pool and, uh, he, and my dad are reminiscing in the garage and he's telling me, he's like, Hey, you know, you should have seen your dad back in the Vietnam days. He did some amazing stuff. And my dad was Navy. So I'm like, he, he knew a green beret colonel back in the, in those days. And, um, also, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, Black Hawk down. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got the honor to go see that movie, uh, before it was released released to the public with the people who were involved in that actual movie. Really? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I bring the story up because, you know, why I support the troops, but, you know, during the action sequences, the guys are all riled up, you know, (laughs) pumped up, you know, these, these are the real deal. These are, uh, um, some intimidating guys, you know, warriors. And, uh, but at the end of the movie, you know, everyone's silent because there's people, who are, you know, having issues and they're crying and everyone's trying to comfort them and they're hugging. So, um, in my experience, I got to see the, the highs, the highs and the lows of, of what it's like to be one of those kind of, uh, soldiers. And it's, you know, um, it's stuff people don't see the, the, the effect, the after effects of those situations. And so that's why I'm big on supporting the troops and stuff like that. Well, we all need to support the troops. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're out there doing a job that's keeping us free. Mm-hmm. And uh, no matter what your political stance or your vaccination stance or any other stance you can take in life, you need to at least, if nothing else, respect the people that are keeping you free and uh, able to make those decisions that you can so yeah, freely in this country. So. My hat's off to all of the armed services. Same here. I'm, and, um, you know, even my dad, he uh, he never, throughout life, he never showed any signs of uh, PTSD or anything like that. But on his deathbed, there was a time where uh, he, I guess he was, you know, troubled, pondering on the fact that he's killed a lot of people, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so I had to comfort him with that. And, you know, he was a corpsman and stuff like that. So he's seen a lot of gruesome things, but it, it never affected him until he was actually on his deathbed and had time to think about it, I guess. But, um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's not, it's not as uh, glamorous as, you know, it's made out to be. Okay. So, so tie this all in for me with, um, so. So with him being, you know, this kind of guy with this parent, you know, his kind of pedigree mm-hmm. and, you know, respect, you know, you know, reputation uh, for him to have a paranormal experience as well, kind of, you know, for my experience and stuff like that, it kind of like, does this have to do with Project Bluebeam testing? Was I just a test subject because of something he did in the military? And also, um, he also has another par- uh, alien story. And I don't know if this is morphine trip or something, but one day I'm walking by and he stops me. And this is when he's like, in, in, he's already bedridden. And he stops me, grabs my arm basically, and it's like, hey, run, run. And I look down and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I got taken to the moon. And I'm like, what? 
he's like, yeah, they took me to the moon. And I'm like, what What do you mean? What did they do? And he's like, oh, they just took me around and showed me stuff. And, you know, I'm getting information out of him, squeezing out of him. Uh, he says, you know, and he, he said they he had the ability to walk and stuff like that. I don't know how. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if this is, a, again, a morphine trip thing, but um, they took him. Uh, he said they took him up there. Um, he had to learn a bunch of stuff on videos, learn customs and things like that. And they took him to the backside of the moon. He said it's a big base back there, a big city. And uh, they took him inside of the moon, and uh, they walked around and showed him things. And I tried to ask him, like, what did you see and stuff? And he says, I can't even really describe it. But he's like, it's cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and but the one point he really tried to make to me is he said, as he's walking down one of the corridors or whatever, he said, this guy is, you know, when he, I guess when he first got there, this guy is looking down at his uh, iPad, like a tablet thing. And um, he says, uh, two I guess he's describing the two tall white grays, really tall whites. And he says these two giant aliens walk by this guy. But he says the guy just kind of looks up and makes eye contact with my dad and then just kind of looks back down and starts continuing work on his iPad. And he was expressing that he didn't even notice the aliens that just walked by him like this. Like like that it was so common that he just it was so common. He didn't even pay attention to these. And my dad was like, wow. So these guys, there's people up here. They're, they don't even like, like seeing all these different aliens and stuff. It doesn't even affect them. Like some men in black type stuff, you know? Um, so he, he wanted to express that to me. Uh, you know, no, no disrespect mm -hmm. intended at all to you oh, course, or to yeah. you or your father. But mm -hmm. you know, when, when his description of, to you of, being taken to the moon and you, mm -hmm. know, you relay it is, Oh, it was cool. Um, I, I have a hard time with the lack of detail of, of oh, what, yeah, what no, you yeah. actually saw. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, if you're going to uh, make, if that, you're going to make a claim like that, I would, I would certainly expect, uh, you know, a, a barrage of detailed, uh, um, yeah, things. but that's, uh, that's all I could really squeeze out of them. And, um, the point he really that he really because at this point he's bedridden he has he's even having a hard time talking explaining you know mm -hmm. so uh, maybe his mind's not all there because now he's taking morphine shots and all this kind of stuff but he wanted to he really expressed that point to me about uh, if aliens do show up I guess you will get used to it it's not going to be as terrifying as it you know might seem. Oh, so that was that was the point of him bringing that up. Was that I believe it, so. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't tell me that, but I kind of assumed that's where he was getting with that. That if these if aliens eventually do come and interact with us, we'll get used to it. You know, <laughs> it might be shocking at first, but you'll be all right. Hmm. <laughs> so well, yeah, that an, was that's a, an interesting take on it. I... Mm -hmm. And um, so, and then another. Thing is another paranormal story with him which was around the deathbed time this and this is uh before he uh, told me this taken to the moon experience um we got back from a restaurant and i had to pee really bad and so uh, he's a tough dude so i just wheeled out his mechan uh wheelchair his uh, electric wheelchair to him and, and it's like oh you can you know get yourself in your chair he's like yeah i got it and even though he's uh 
already like basically, you know, he was like one of those kind of guys, like doctors, like, I don't even know how you can still get up and do stuff. You're supposed to be bedridden. <laughs> so, but, uh, he, uh, he said when he got out of the truck, he started to trip and fall. And he said when he was basically going to face plant, he said a force, uh, grabs him. He didn't, he wasn't that close to the ground, but uh, if he said a force as he's, you know, falling forward, he said a force grabs him and, uh, pulls him back onto his chair, like really strong. And, uh, he turns around to see he's thinking it was me. And when he turns around, there's nobody there. And then he sees me coming out of the garage and he explains the whole story to me, you know, um, about that. And, uh, so it, it, it kind of makes me like, what, what, what's going on here? The two flags. He's telling me the story. He got taken to the moon. He's telling me the story about some guardian angel type force ensuring he doesn't, you know, suffer even worse experience i guess dying experience so it's it, it just kind of tied in with my whole reptilian uh, alien experience and then you know my first thought it just kind of it's kind of you know strange so it's a deeper layer of mystery i guess yeah i i get the peripheral aspects of it tying in mm-hmm. but you know it, it, at some point you would think that there would be something that you could start drawing a, a correlation between and oh, and i'm mm-hmm. not and i'm not seeing it um have you found that i mean what's your what's your thoughts on on what what pulls all these experiences together i mean oh um and so uh years after my uh reptilian experience in high school uh I was approached by uh, someone, I guess for a while, it says Freemason, but uh, they're most likely a demo lay, which is like the junior Freemasons. Yeah, the youth group. Yeah. And um, he approached me and he was like saying stuff like, oh, you know, you got the, you got the light to you or something like that. And and he, um, he showed me this number breakdown and it's this Dramatri breakdown. It has to do with showing why there's a god and why the big bang is is isn't true uh we're not just random space dust that all this you know how they say we're just chaos that's that's you know for some reason just works out this way it's not true you know according to this number you flew past the word gematria um sorry (laughs) that's all right um but you know for the listeners that don't know gematria is it's a, a ancient um, a Kabbalistic uh, occult system where you're uh, matching uh, letters with numbers, or or uh, it, it was in a way it's numerology to uh, blending numbers with uh, kind of like Pythag- Pythagoras and his thing, like how numbers have a specific are, uh, meaning, specific meanings. It's a there's a philo- philosophical uh, aspect to numbers themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so this, this number break this demolay mm-hmm. in high school approaches you and gives you a a, a gematrian number breakdown. Mm-hmm. And and how does that play out? So um, it basically shows that you know there's there's a god. You know you know. Long story short, <laughs> it, um, it points the the equation points to the existence of a what superior being the supreme, supreme being. being. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, um, 
I tried to teach that immediately. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Cause he asked me, he's like, what do you think about that? And I said, Oh wow. Yeah. This, this shoots. If numbers are what we use to describe the universe, then, uh, this clearly shows that there's a, there's a God out there. There's law and order to this universe. And he goes, Oh, that's, that's cool. And he's like, Hey, you should uh, think about joining the Freemasons. And I'm like, what's the Freemasons? And he's like, Oh, it's a brotherhood. Um, and stuff like that. And, and uh, so this, but one of my female classmates, she sat down and I tried to show her the number thing. And she's like, I don't care about that. <laughs> and, uh, but the guy, he gets mad at me. He's like, Hey, uh, that's supposed to be a secret. You're not supposed to share that with people. And I said, well, if it involves God, I'm going to tell it to everybody I know. And he's like, um, Oh, you know, a lot of us are, are powerful people and they, they wouldn't want you going around telling people that stuff. And I said, I don't care. Should probably shouldn't have told it to me then, or something like that. You know? <laughs> and uh, the next day, I was transported to another classroom. What, what do you mean? You were you were taken the out next of day? They, the next day, they called my name. They told me to go to another classroom, and I was just registered on that other classroom. <laughs> so when when this other student approached you with this um, this number, mm-hmm. this equation. Yeah. I'm 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 trying to put together why you were removed from the class. Did he do it in an overtly in an overt uh, manner oh, where uh, everybody in the class heard it? So possibly everybody in that class was aware of what he was talking about? No, no, it was kind of like he was kind of just kind of telling me. Okay. And uh I guess because the next day I, I was like, "Hey, man, you know, cuz I thought we were kind of getting I guess but I guess uh whatever they called my name, they took me to another classroom. He pretended like he didn't know me at that point the next day. Why do you think he was trying to get you into the, the free um, Freemasons? Why wouldn't have he have theories. been, why wouldn't he have um, been trying to recruit you into the demo which is the, the precursor to for, for underage people, the precursor mm-hmm. to becoming. Um, I have theories that maybe he was just excited that he knew some stuff and he wanted to tell it to somebody and he figured, I'd be that person he could tell to, you know, so it maybe might've been on accident, but the strange thing is, is, uh, you know, 15 or so years later, I, you know, when I'm kind of going through my spiritual awakening, I remember this number stuff. So I'm like, I wonder if there's more to it. So lo and behold, it actually unravels into things like magnetism, uh, the last supper, uh, all kinds, you know, the compass, the, uh, heart waves, all kinds of different things, and it, and then the strangest thing is it it, it connects to my uh, the gematria to my full birth name, like the name I was my full name, which is uh, Ron Robert Gavino Weed, and uh, the gematria to my full birth name matches the gematria stuff that this MLA guy taught me. Hmm. Uh. And it, what it basically comes out to is a uh, six times six times six uh, cube. And I don't know if you ever heard about the uh, Saturn, you know, death cults and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cube of Saturn worship and sure. stuff like that. So the Dramatia to my name basically breaks out into cube of Saturn, six, 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 six antichrist type stuff. And uh, that's what makes the whole experience strange for me is because I find this out at the end. (laughs) 
it circles back like, oh, what, you know, and with the Dramatria stuff, it's, it's, it's very like, um, it, it's so strange how it breaks down. Even if you take all the different variations, the Dramatria break down and every number is a cult. And then if you add all the numbers up, it becomes another occult number. And, you know, it all links back to 666. So you think going back to the very beginning that you were being told that you were the chosen one, meaning that you were the Antichrist? Yeah, well, um, I've heard ev- uh, they say that every generation, they try to groom Antichrist, like there's chosen Antichrist. And they're trying to uh, groom them into this role. So I'm assuming I just happened to hit the devil's lottery and was given the opportunity to become one of these antichrist. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but it, in most, uh, Christian or Catholic based mm-hmm. religions, um, you know, the, the antichrist has not been born yet. And what you mm-hmm. may have been experiencing was, being recruited into a group of people that was going to help usher in the birth of that. Oh yeah. That, that could, uh, that could be possibly true. Like a uh, one, cause, um, um, I, uh, there's some order I saw where there is like a, the 99 lodge or some, some, something like that where, where each, they're kind of like these kind of people ushered in. Each one has a demon assigned to them mm-hmm. who will help them get to that position and stuff like that. And I also uh, had theories that have you ever heard of a gin possession? Yes. Maybe because of, you know, how numbers are, you know, apical to the universe and the matrix and everything. Maybe the gematria to my name and everything kind of fit aligned where I was uh, a perfect vessel for a, a gin to come and possess me and then be able to uh, live out because uh, it, I don't know if you've seen that movie Wishmaster. Yeah, years ago. So they're saying, hey, we're going to make you rich and powerful, right? But what they don't tell you is that you're going to be rich and powerful, but you're not going to be in charge of the steering wheel. You know? <laughs> right. So it's like, say some gin took, took possess of my body, and now it can. I'm seeing it become rich and powerful and doing all these things, but all I can do is see it and feel it and experience it. It's the one that's in control of my vessel, and it gets to experience what it's like to be a fleshly being again. Hmm. You know, my, my, my issue with, uh, I think numerology in its essence is a little more pure than gematria. Uh, mm-hmm. my problem with the gematria is that, uh, you know, um, it's a practice of assigning a numeric value to a, a name or a word or a, mm-hmm. a, a, an entire phrase at some point. Um, And with that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a single name or a phrase or a word can mm-hmm. have several different values assigned to it, depending, mm-hmm. depending on how it's being used. So, you know, I think there's a, a lot, awful lot of interpretation that can be put into, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how, how Gematria can can play out and i find it odd that you 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 culturally you're from where uh um i i was uh 
I only lived in the Philippines for about uh, five years. And so I was basically raised here in America. I, I'd probably say the majority of my life was spent in the South, like Southern American states. Okay. And a lot of the things that you're talking about, you know, have, have a, a good deal to do with Jewish culture. Um, oh, um, I'm actually, mm-hmm, uh, my, uh, I did my ancestry.com mm-hmm. and I'm actually like, you know, they say there's two different percentages, but up to maybe 15%, uh, Ashkenazi Jew. Really? So I, yeah, I've got a little bit of a Jewish and, you know, Ashkenazi Jew, uh, German and stuff like that. Hmm. <laughs> that adds a little to it. Yeah. And that's why I say it's weird because I know all this Gematria stuff and this number of things. And then I look up, Oh, I, I'm, part Jew. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And it's, and I think, um, that's what they mean. Like the crossroads, uh, I'm, you know, maybe, I don't know. I would have been, a what, what would have happened? Cause I, I, I'm not that person, but, uh, um, considering everything going on in my life and, uh, my dad and, and his whole story and situation. And it's kind of, cause it's one thing, you, you make a coincidence with the number stuff, but it's another thing when you're taught this number thing and then you find out later on in life, it actually matches your birth name. So it's almost like, was I through birth, like destined to learn this number thing? I don't know. So, I can't really say. So in one of, one of your other podcasts, you, mm-hmm. you were actually doing some uh, numerology or gematria with um, one of the other podcast names Mm -hmm. i believe it was Mm -hmm. and you came up with some things that were fairly relevant Mm -hmm. um can you do that with me oh yeah um uh for instance uh this number block uh to to just a i'll i'll break it down for the audience just the way i was taught it so he draws out the numbers zero through nine. Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In a horizontal and, line? In a horizontal line. And this goes with uh, like magnetism, where the zero is the south pole, uh, the nine is the north pole. The magnetic stick. And so he says uh, to find the kingdom of God, he said you have to look within. The kingdom of God's within. So then he goes, uh, he draws like a rainbow from zero to nine. And then uh, continuing on from one to eight, uh, two to seven, uh, three to six, and then uh, four to five. And he says, if we add all added this up for, uh, from outside to inside, we'll get five nines. And then um, he says, so this is five nines. This is this is the most high. This is the the pinnacle of that the numbers can go. They can't go any higher than this. So this is the most high. This is God. So now all we can do from this point is go down. So then he, he, he draws uh, the same thing, but he does underneath. Uh, and he says, now we're going to subtract from this and subtract from outside to inside. And what that comes is uh, nine, seven, five, three, one, or the odd numbers. And the odd numbers are known as uh, the masculine numbers. And that, the story with um, 
how uh, we can come from God is now we see nine, which is the symbol for, you know, the highest, the most high point. And then you have seven. And we know the significance with seven, seven days uh, in the Bible, seven consonants, uh, all that. And it just breaks down. And then now uh, to the one. And as you notice, the one is kind of like a phallic symbol. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, and then so now, okay, so now we have to make Eve. God takes to make Eve. It comes from from God, Adam, and then we have Eve. So what he did is he subtracted the five uh, – he had the five nines, and then he subtracted that by nine, seven, five, three, one. And what that comes out to is zero, two, four, six, eight. So now you have the feminine numbers. And then, the, of course, with the feminine numbers, you have the zero is the female genitalia. And this is why they have a lot of uh, sex magic and, you know, the, one, the binary code and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, that's the feminine numbers. And so if you subtract all three, you come out with, you know, of course, all zeros, five zeros. So, um, it'll now, now you'll have, and then you stack them on top of each other and you have five nines, nine, seven, five, three, one, zero, two, four, six, eight, and then five zeros. Okay, and then um, with that block, the, that block there, now it adds up to ninety, because that's what they're saying by "I'm the Alpha and I'm the Omega, I'm the first and the last, the beginning and the end." So nine represents by the, the nine and the zero. Mm-hmm, nine is the Alpha, zero is the Omega. So you see that we're kind of sandwiched in between. God in a way mm-hmm. like God is both here and and not at the same time and this goes in with a heartbeat because the way a heartbeat works is uh, it it rests at a uh, polarized state I think it's a negative 90 which is which is strange with the 90 thing but um so a heartbeat is essentially uh, it's like a Ouroboros. It's a, it's a cycle in itself. It's, it, it, it's like the spark of the spark that, that ignites a heartbeat. It's there and then it's not there. It's there and it's not there. So, um, to say that life is like a heartbeat, you know? Um, so, uh, this is your, Oh, some weird Gematria stuff with that. So now we have this whole 90 thing, right? And, I'm, and breaking it down. I say, I don't have my notes. So I'm kind of doing this off my top of my head, but, um, have you? Do you know what a PQRST wave is? I've heard of it. I'm not sure I understand the association That's like that, with it. Uh, on the heartbeat monitors, it does that boop, boop, and it has that little line thing. Uh-huh. That's called a, a PQRST wave. And oddly enough, if you take the Jamat the Jamatia code for P, uh, and then uh, which is 16, and then Q is 17. R is 18, uh, S 19, and then uh, T 20, PQRC wave, and you add the, all those together, it becomes 90. 90. And, um, you know, and that talks about with that 90, when we think of like 90 degree an- angles and things like that, uh, why, why uh, in Hindu culture, eight, uh, 
108 is a sacred number. And also in uh, Jewish culture, the number 18 is actually uh, a sacred number in their culture because, you know, it has all this nine, nine, 90-degree angles. Oddly enough, um, ha- oddly mm-hmm. enough, right when you said 108, we hit 108 on our no. uh, on our recording. <laughs> I'm not reading anything into that. I'm just saying it's a coincidence. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah, coincidences, uh, that's like with my thing, coincidences kind of. More synchronicities. Yeah, I'm a very synchronistic guy things kind of link in i don't i don't know how it works (laughs) okay and you know like when when i first talked to you um i Mm -hmm. i I cautioned against uh getting too far into this gematria Mm -hmm. because it doesn't translate well into a an audio only podcast it is interesting stuff i'm not taking anything away from it um i do believe that it is left up to a a wide window of interpretations oh um, absolutely you know Mm -hmm. so um, not, not that it doesn't have some, some, some validity. Um, but it, it is something that I think, you know, unless, unless you could take a, a specific set of numbers, mm-hmm. relate them to number letters in my name mm-hmm. and, and tell me something that was like, Oh shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, it, it it's it, it's something that you know it, first of all it takes a lot of practice and a lot of study to be able to do it effectively mm-hmm. and uh you know but i i, I do get the the association with uh, how it relates back to you and, yeah. and and your the previous experiences in your story so um let's let's get back to um the experience more based Conversation. Um, is there any, like, um, anything, uh, yeah, it's just the only, the only reason I bring up the number stuff is because it's not something like I was aware of, like at this whole time, like, uh, I knew about it and through my, you know, I just, I remembered it and I forgot about it, but then just one day just sitting there on a couch, I'm like, huh, I wonder what this is. And, and I didn't know it connected to my name. Mm-hmm. I, I just knew all this stuff and knew, made all this symbol. And then someone i started seeing people posting stuff about dramatria website and you know the calculator and stuff so i said you know i wonder i wonder if there's anything about my name so i typed it in and then i was like oh wow it, it basically comes out to like you know six times six times six cube and all that kind of stuff uh so it's like wait a minute was i was i like an antichrist <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be, and I'm a Christian myself now. I'm a, I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm a follower. So for me to find out all this kind of stuff, it's troubling. It's not like, oh, cool. It's like, no, I, I don't want this to be. <laughs> you know, typically, you know, typically when you have yeah. conversations with people who have delved into, um, whether it be the dark arts, black magic, mm-hmm. um, having uh, counsel with the spirit world. Um, you know, people are using things like Ouija boards and, and different mm-hmm. types of meditative states to, uh, um, to commune with these spirits or scrying. Um, they do rituals, they do ceremonial things to get themselves in a, um, in a meditative state to, to be able to receive messages from spirit world. Um, prior to you becoming a Christian, Mm-hmm. 
where were you at? Were you messing with any of these uh, any of these things? Were you were you dabbling um, at all in into dark arts or anything that would be considered a uh, an opening for these um, questionable entities to come into your life and uh, and start wreaking havoc? Um. Well. They say like uh, most people when they sell their soul to the devil, it's like a ritual you do to contact it and stuff. For me, it was just a random thing. It just, <laughs> it just happened. I don't know how it happened. It just. But you were just approached. Yeah, make, it was, you didn't yeah, make the deal, right? I didn't make no deal. I didn't even ask for it. I, you know, I, I honestly, if it, if that experience didn't happen to me, I'd probably just be. An, if someone said, "Oh, I, I." experience for telling you guys i'd tell them you're crazy <laughs> had i not experienced it myself you know that's the only thing um so um yeah uh but um when i i had a bad breakup so i was in a real depressed state and then i kind of had a realization oh maybe i'm a i'm a witch i'm a white witch or something you know i, I don't want to be this anti-christ demonic entity thing i want so i'm going to come back then i'm a I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a good witch. So I started, you know, looking into witchcraft type stuff, but I was purely a white magic. I didn't, I didn't do any, try to make any money or none of that kind of stuff. It was purely, uh, uh, healing and helping people it was all my only intentions for doing it. But when you get into that kind of stuff, you, like me, I was stupid. You know, I, um, there's moments I realized uh, when you're getting into this kind of stuff, you have to be absolutely serious about it because you're you're going to get involved. With, you're going to unlock things that uh, you wish you hadn't. You know? And there's <laughs> and always not even, and there's always going to be a price to be paid. Yeah, and you're not even yeah. There is always a price to be paid. That's a lot of people think. Oh, I'm just going to do a little money magic, money prosperity and stuff. That's considered gray area. There, like you said, there's a price that has to be paid. So who's who's uh, who's gonna get the lower end of the stick for you to get the bigger end? You know, same thing. So, so uh, in summation, mm -hmm. where are you at now with all the things that have happened to you? Do you are you are you still firmly seated in the idea that you were possibly being groomed for some role of uh, ushering in the Antichrist? You, uh, yeah, and that's what it kind of. I always had a fear of, of um, trying to be helpful and stuff because they say, um, you know, the Antichrist to be a good guy and he'll, you know, see Very the charismatic oh, and yeah and stuff. So um, I've always had trouble with with being open and kind and stuff like that. But um, now that I'm kind of uh, I'm pretty strong in my beliefs, I feel like I, I've I've when I was at that crossroads, I've walked off that path and maybe things have happened in my life that maybe try to steer me back towards that. But I think, um, I'm, I'm past their grip now on me. If, if they were, if, if that was the reasoning, I, I'm not worried about it anymore. Like mom, I've given myself over to Jesus and God and stuff like that. I have no, uh, I have no fears of that anymore. I ha I, might, I might be a little concerned, like, because uh, um, they say when you raise your vibration so high, you get, like, psych. I, I've had, like, remote viewing psychic abilities and stuff like that, and I kind of 
dampen myself to not have them because uh, it's weird. And I, I honestly, I feel like God just wants us to be human. And that's uh, the original sin, right? Is the devil thinking he could be like God and uh, be above God and stuff like that. I think. How, yeah, how you do know, you dampen yourself? Um, you know, uh, low, lowering, keeping my vibration low, eating, you know, junk food, uh, smoking, drinking, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, watching, watching, uh, playing violent video games and stuff like that. Because, uh, there was about a uh, two weeks when I, when I was eating clean, uh, one smoking, one drinking, one doing any, any stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I wanted to raise my vibrations and I guess my vibrations got so high that I started unlocking abilities, you know? And I was like, nah. <laughs> no thank you that's too much like people are like oh i would love to remote you and do all this kind of stuff it's like but would would you really though like if there's no way to turn it off you know like no it's i think i think that's the lesson here is even if you are uh something like that the just i i think a lot of the reasons why uh a reason why an, an entity who's already say uh evolved and advanced and enlightened and stuff like that and they've reached this higher vibration or and stuff what would their reason for coming back here be i think it'd be to eat good food <laughs> uh have good times you know enjoy enjoy life and just be a regular person um i don't know if you've ever heard about uh aliens living uh, as regular humans and stuff you know uh, those kind of theories i have um you know, it for somebody who believes in as many things as I do to say that there are certain lines that I don't cross probably is a um, is is being self serving to some extent. But you know, there's there's some really unbelievable stuff that I can believe, mm -hmm. and then there's other things that it's like, all right, maybe we're going a little far here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, do I believe in extraterrestrials? Um, I believe there's something out there that we are not mm -hmm. aware of. Um, now my, my opinions have changed in year in the years most recent, um, that they may possibly not necessarily be coming from another world. Um, you know, that they quite possibly could be living in parallel to us in the same, in the same space, but occupying a different, uh, um, vibrational state yeah. yeah so you know i mean to say that they're here living with us i mean we've heard stories about it for years and years so mm -hmm. you know i suppose <laughs> i suppose it's possible um, like men in black <laughs> you know, I, I watch these videos on youtube and you see the you know uh, joe biden or uh, the queen of england or somebody blinking their eyes at a dinner table or you know the pope pulling his nose out and no. stretches out four <laughs> minutes you know and they're like look they're reptilians <laughs> well, yeah. you know, no, I'm not buying those videos. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, I, I guess I really can't answer that question accurately because I don't even know um, if I, I believe that they're living yeah. with us. But I, I do think that um, whatever, whatever is in these vehicles that are occupying our airspace, that the government has finally come out and said that they don't know what it is. Um, I don't necessarily believe they don't know what it is, but I do think there is something that is occupying those vehicles as well. So, or or at least controlling them from afar. 
Oh, yeah, like there's some sort of a drone or something. It, that would make the most amount of sense because, I mean, mm -hmm. unless you're able to completely eliminate a gravitational field inside of a vehicle, there's nothing that could withstand living through the the uh, the physical the G forces. Yeah, the mm -hmm. physical forces that they're feeling when they make those kind of abrupt turns and accelerations. So, um, you know, I mean, when we start talking about this kind of stuff, there's no there's no absolutes. There's no absolutely positively yep this is this is what it is because none of us really know um, yeah <laughs> you know, or at least at least at the level that we are um, yeah and so and it, i feel like uh, that was oh, that was a really long-winded way of answering your question but what, <laughs> what was the point you were going to make about uh, the possibility of them existing co co coexisting with us right now oh um to just and i feel like earth is like maybe it's a mid it's a place where we're we're you know breaking down to the elites or making us suffer and stuff i think earth is supposed to be paradise I, in, in the physical paradise like a place for us to be in the flesh and swim enjoy enjoy the physical aspects of life but in a still have a moral you know maybe it's a still moral evolution and stuff like that but i feel like if supreme beings came back to earth they wouldn't come back here and be like oh look at me i'm a supreme being and i can do all this kind of stuff i think they'd come here and, and just live out like humans <laughs> i don't know and well just, you know since you put it that way i guess if mm -hmm. you, if you were to walk into a room full of people who were much more ignorant than you were mm -hmm. at first you would probably try to take the high road and not let that enter your influence, mind influence yeah mm -hmm. but after some time you would start to see some advantages to being way smarter than this entire room full of people and you would <laughs> human nature is to take advantage of that and True. at some point you would position yourself in a position of power or, mm -hmm. or high regard and people would start looking to you for answers and they would start looking to you for leadership and they would start looking to you for solving problems and and I think that's a, like a, you know, the good thing with Jesus is uh, Jesus, he doesn't want you washing his feet and scratching his back and doing all this kind of stuff. It actually says Jesus will wash your feet. <laughs> you know, it's, and that's where I feel like what would have made a figure like Jesus so special is that, yeah, he, here's this guy, he could sort of wander away and walk of water and he could do all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, he'll wash your feet if they're dirty. You know, he'll help you carry your, your stuff for you. You know, here goes this, literally the walking God, and he's down there scrubbing your feet. <laughs> why why do people, why do, why do people have such a hard time believing in, um, and I, I wish there was another word because paranormal, it's an effective word of describing the types of things that we we talk about it's, on these types of shows, but why, why are they so open to believing so many paranormal, supernatural events that happen in the Bible, mm -hmm. but are so closed off to the possibility of things like that happening in their everyday life? Yeah, I, that yeah, that's that's a really good question. There, um, you know, they, you could believe all these extraordinary events, but a lot of these people have. If you bring a paranormal, they like, oh, they don't want to hear it. You know, they, you know, and I mean, <laughs> no, it's, I it's a book literally 
rife mm-hmm. with supernatural and paranormal events from from, yeah. <laughs> from beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, so you know, if you if you have the capacity to to read that book and and accept the things that are being said in that, then to not accept people who have these kind of experiences in in their everyday life is uh, very close minded. Yeah, and, and you know, I've heard somebody actually mention too how some of these guys who are the most uh, holy roller, oh, I follow the Bible and do all this kind of stuff, they're actually not really spiritual. They're just following a program that they've been told to, you know, do these things this way, and that's what they're doing. But they well, don't and actually. And that's my yeah. that's my that's my beef with some people that tout themselves as being born again Christian, and you know they follow absolutely follow every word of the Bible to the mm-hmm. to the T, or they say they do. Um, but for somebody to read the Bible. That's a very difficult task. You have yeah. to, you have to have you're going to have a lot of questions, mm. and in order to get those questions answered, you have to have somebody that you can ask. So you're going to ask your priest, or you're going to ask your pastor, or you're going to ask your uh, whoever leads the sermons at the you know uh, the place that you go to worship, mm. and you have you have to make the decision that you are taking that person's interpretation because they were taught by another person who read and was interpreted and then had questions and then asked somebody else and then gained their knowledge from someone else. It's the telephone game. Yeah. If you're sitting around in a circle in kindergarten and I whisper something into your ear and it goes around 12 other kids and it comes back to me, it's not going to be the same story. Yeah. So that's, that's my biggest beef with, The organized religion yeah yeah i mean and i think about it with judaism and is uh islam as well uh all three religions believe in the same god but at the same time we, they you know they're fighting each other and all this kind of stuff like yeah but you know, and there's so many variations of you know the, uh, the, denominations have, yeah. yeah and they have the same stories but they've mm-hmm. got different accounts of it and you know to me there there is obviously a creator yeah. What that creator is, I don't know. It, it could be some white-haired, long-bearded gentleman sitting in a cloud <laughs> throne. It could be a bulbous head uh, extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, it could be some giant dude in a lab coat staring <laughs> down into a microscope, <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, oh, yeah, um uh it i i believe uh we humanize what we believe as god or whatever you want to call that source that entity we humanize it in a way to understand it but i feel like as humans we're not ever really going to understand it we're not going to get it <laughs> it's, it's like uh an entity like that who is basically everything and nothing at the same time it doesn't think like we do <laughs> it doesn't yeah. It doesn't think, oh, I got to use the bathroom now. I got to eat now. You know, this, how how can we even understand it when we we can't even see from its perspective? Yeah. You know. Um, but the one thing I guess, from my experience, that and it's the reason why I tell the story because um, I've been telling the story my whole life. I've been called called crazy to people. You know, um, uh, I even on Twitter I was putting it out there and stuff like that. Nobody was listening to me until one day I was, I was with my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? She's like, why do you even still go out there and tell people? I'm like. 
I'm like, you know, because of the moral of the story, um, there's a supreme God, you know, whatever people believe in my story, like from my experience, there's a benevolent being and it wants you to just love and be good and uh, to, uh, you know, to overcome uh, whatever manipulations or whatever this world has to offer and that uh in the end like same thing with alexander the great uh in the end his he he realized his money his wealth and his amassed power it meant nothing it what you know um uh it's you know it people should stop worrying so much about uh, physical possessions and statuses and worry about what kind of mark are they leaving for the world what kind of actual change have they brought to the world? You know, and, and not just even even how small it is. How many lives have they changed for the better? You know, uh, the more I just you know, um, but I, yeah, I told her I was like, you know, I just want to bring people to uh, believe in something bigger than themselves, like I did, and uh, um, and to, you know, I, I, the moral story is uh, you know, love, I guess. <laughs> to break it down simple terms well you know we started off weird and that's what this show's about <laughs> um, uncomfortable <laughs> but but i think the summation at the end i think what you just said was uh, was a good way to end this and that is just love one another be good to one another and and yeah. that's how we're going to change the world not by stepping over people but by lifting others up and you don't if you don't think that's a good idea Turn on the TV and watch the news <laughs> and tell me that, that this idea is worse than what's going on because there's a lot of crazy shit going on in this world right now. Absolutely. So Ron, let's wrap this one up. Thank you so much. Um, did you want to let the listeners know where they can get uh, some more information on you or your uh, your thoughts or any other podcasts oh, yeah. that um, you'd like them to listen to, uh, getting more into the numerology and the gematria? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram at uh, Berserk Space Cowboy. And if you want to know a little bit more about the gematria stuff, I have uh, just type in my name uh, under the... Uh, upstate unconventional podcast and i have a basically like half of an episode which is all about number gematria stuff and breaking that all down <laughs> yeah that that takes some uh that takes some, a good deal of concentration and uh some inner uninterrupted thought to yeah uh, bring a pen and paper maybe write it down alongside <laughs> <laughs> all right ron hey thanks so much for being with us tonight i appreciate your oh, time thank you for having me and uh, thanks for reaching out. Good luck oh, with thank everything. Thank you very much. And if, I appreciate if you there's any, <laughs> so much. If there's any other uh, uh, substantial updates to your story, please get a hold of me and let me know. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. 
all at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.